want to give a note before we start. This episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all our wonderful patrons. Oh, yeah. You can help us keep this show going by joining us at patreon.com slash flop. Keep us from just uh, burning through everything we have to keep this going and then just winding up on the street, having yes. to sell parts of our body for money. All right, Jordan, needing a little a little chainsaw devil. I was dog. not expecting that. Make it let's like... get started. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week we are joined by the wonderful, fantastic, Murphyful Murphy Napier. Murphy, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so regretting telling you you can use any variation of my name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listener, we were giving her like a ton of shit before this recording. Wait, Jordan, you can uh, hear that conversation on our Patreon. Oh, nice plug. <laughs> Speaking of nice plugs, though, Murphy, do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself? I'm Murphy. How's that? Was cool. that good? <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> You've passed some pretty uh, powerful legislation. Uh, Murphy's Law, everybody knows exactly. about that. It was a really important exactly. uh, accord. I'm so powerful that I ruined lives and I've created a whole law around my ability to make everyone's life worse. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so would you consider yourself a literary critic or how would you say you would describe yourself? I just like books. I just like to read. <laughs> I like to read. I don't have enough people in my life that like to read. So I yell at the Internet <laughs> and the Internet yells back. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's awesome. Except I can't read, so... Yeah, Jordan does not know how to read. So you're going to talk about the pretty pictures today? Yeah! Jordan actually did go to art school, so that's his expertise, unironically. <laughs> yeah, David got me an Italian uh, Chainsaw Man copy. I can't read Italian, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Chainsaw Man... And visual storytelling. I, I know it's been on your to-read list, so I tried to think of a recommendation of a series you hadn't read based on your list and your Patreon list, which is curiosity. Have you had a chance to check it all out at all? Check out Chainsaw Man specifically? Yes. No, I haven't looked into it at all. Someone who really wants me to read it sent me screenshots and it made me a little bit intimidated. It's an experience. And the reason I bring that up... Because we're obsessed with Chainsaw Man, first of all. Are you really? We are obsessed with Chainsaw yes, Man. Yes, we literally have a thing where we say, is this series as good as Chainsaw Man? As one of our features on the show. It never is. Okay, is this series as good as Chainsaw Man? Well, you'll have to wait until the end of the yeah. episode to figure it out, Murphy. We're not going to spoil the whole thing right really? now. Really? Wow, disappointment. But though, I have to say, speaking of Chainsaw Man, I brought up for a very specific reason. So if y'all don't mind, can we go into manga details? Because this is a transition that's too good not to use. Yes. So the reason I brought Chainsaw Man is this mangaka was one of the more notable assistants of Fujimoto, struck it out on his own after working on Chainsaw Man. His name is Kaku Yuji. And I also want to give a note from Tucker who says this title of this Ayashimon is a play on the Japanese words for yokai and kaiju means something like suspicious slash weird. He wasn't sure about the mon part, but I wonder if it comes from like, you know how like Pokemon or Digimon? Yeah. So it means like yokai monster, but that's my guess. Tucker will leave a comment. He's listening right now. If you're like, you're absolutely wrong, that cannot possibly be it. <laughs> I mean, just talking for me, not as somebody who understands Japanese, but as somebody who's read a lot of manga, when I see mon at the end of something, I just immediately think, oh, that means monster because, you know, Pokemon, Digimon. Oh, man, there's more like ba I can't remember them, whatever. Bakuman. Well, that ends in M-A-N, not M-O-N, you know, big difference. Oh, is it? Oh, it's more Bakuman. I mean, I have like 10 of those little Bakuman figures in my house. Oh, do you? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, my son's really into them. Oh, that's so sweet. Do you mean Bakugan? Oh, no, I do. 
They're Bakuman figures. Oh, I thought Bakuman really sounds like a real thing. Shit, no, it's Bakugan, isn't it? It is, yeah, it's Bakugan. You're right. I like the triter- Triceratops. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my one Bakugan experience is I did an anime night with my friends, and like one guy came in late. So he's like, I'll watch. We did like a marathon of Bakano. <laughs> and you can tell where this story is going because he's watched the first five episodes of Bakugan. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> he was like, Yeah, dude, all the monsters and fighting in the city. And I'm like, What the fuck <laughs> did you watch? <laughs> This is set on a train. Oh, this my is a little goodness. kids show. What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm real confused. I was like, yeah, you watch <laughs> Speaking of other things, so this author actually is quite accomplished in himself. He first created Phantasma in Jump Squared, and most notably, he created Hell's Paradise. So he joins the ranks of creators of things like Black Clover, My Hero Academia, and Naruto, where we are actually reading a shonen flop failure from an established series creator yeah and hell's paradise you know i uh got about halfway into it i need to go back because i enjoyed it david says it's like not that great i think it's mid what i was reading of it i really enjoyed so i mean it's uh well you're gonna see how that changes listener just keep on listening to the episode don't leave right now i'm not gonna spoil (laughs) it for you jesus fucking christ god and i also want to say maxi b has a note where he worked under fujimoto and didn't get success until then coincidence yes probably (laughs) (laughs) a very british joke and i love it (laughs) and this series ran from i thought he was just joining in the discord because he was like oh my my presence is needed but yes so this series ran though from november 15th 2021 to may 30th 2022 i think i might have said this was the most recently canceled series that is a lie there is a series that really is completely unrememberable that got canceled after this we're actually gonna cover that in the near future stay tuned what is it you'll find out david forgot what it was I, I, I actually did forget the name of the series. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to seem cool in front of Murphy. And uh, this, was, this was 25 chapters in three volumes. All right. And then with all of the fun boilerplate, why don't we get into Jordan's wonderful plot summary? Oh, yes. So Jordan, though, tell us about the plot summary of Ahashiman. I would love- Not to be confused by Ashi Bakugan. I would no. love to, David. Maru Okaido is a kid who is simply too strong to exist in society. His obsession with manga led him to practicing punching until he was as strong as a manga character, and now the only job that would work for him is manga protagonist, because he just accidentally breaks everything around him. Luckily, he happens to run into the daughter of the late head of the Enma Crime Syndicate, which is actually a demon Yakuza gang made up of yokai called Ayashima. Demons made out of cash, who gain power from fear or something. They also can't die like in Chainsaw Man. Anyway, her name is Urara, and she's being chased by some enemy Ayashiman Yakuza, so Maruo easily kicks their asses despite being human. Impressed by his power, Urara has Maruo join her fledgling Yakuza family, consisting of only her and her butler Hashihime. She tells him that all issues in the Ayashiman world are solved by ritual fights until they're not, which gets Maruo fucking pumped because it's an extremely generic manga mechanic and he likes that. Urara's ultimate goal is to get revenge on the people who killed her father, but she doesn't know what really happened. In trying to gain territory, Maruo and Urara recruit Ten, a really lame, weak yokai who can teleport through ceilings and give himself blackface. Oh my- He does, though! Oh my goodness. I was not expecting that. (laughs) Yeah, I did not remember that when I was proofreading his plot summary either. I must have listed that one. He does, though! He looks like fucking Mr. Popo! 
He does not look like he's in blackface. He looks like Mr. Popo. Okay. I mean, it was a joke, but yeah. The magic <laughs> FBI shows up at some Dylan, point, just cut but don't out. worry. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. The, the magic FBI shows up at some point, but don't worry, they don't matter. Popcorn David. <laughs> I was actually kind of hoping Jerome would do the greatest prank of all time where he started reading the Wikipedia page of Bakugan. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just pick up from my section. Could have done that. <laughs> I didn't start reading first. <laughs> Maro beats up some weak Ayashimon and Urara, whose funnest character's name to say we've encountered so yeah. far. Uses magic tattoo powers to mark him with some cool ink that lets him talk telepathically. The new Enma Syndicate is run by Akari Dopo, who is obviously the big bad, who turns Ayashimon into art as a form of torture. He torments Orara's underling Hashikime into cluing him in that she's her boss, and then he finds Orara and shows her Hashikime. Her poker face is such trash that it gives everything away. When Dopo finds out she's the daughter of his former boss, he decides to kill her right there and then, and defeats Maru, who can't beat him because he has the power of Icy Hot. Which is <laughs> true, he has like cold, those like cold flame powers. That's so good. Rara <laughs> unleashes her powers and escapes, but of course it makes her really tired, and she can only do it for like a minute. Blah, blah, blah. You know how those stamina powers work, it's the same. Yeah. The group then approaches the Todoroki Alliance, which are a bunch of cool bikers. Maru beats their boss, who can turn into a super fast cloth demon, and the bikers join their team. The Enma Syndicate has grown, so Arara, Maro, and the head of the bikers go to negotiate with a criminal Tanuki hotel chain, but they are instead trapped in a blank room and have to patiently wait six hours until they're exercised. Don't worry, though, because Mara Arara use their telepathy so that the gang is on their way immediately. I actually kind of forgot about that part, and I was like, fuck, what are they going to do? I was like, oh, right, she can yeah, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> psychically talk to him, and that destroyed all of the intensity of that being trapped in the room. Oh, it was even worse. We'll get into it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I have a lot yeah, yeah. of thoughts about that moment. <laughs> but please, Popcorn Murphy, take us home with the plot summary. It turns out the entire building is actually inside the boss Tanuki's ball sack. What? Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. Did you miss that? I wasn't expecting to say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. He can't fight because he has to maintain the integrity of his ball illusion. So <laughs> they might. <laughs> so they they fight the second in command, Tamagawa, who turns into Dopo because the author realized he didn't have enough time to actually have Maru fight him. <laughs> who wrote this? Jordan did. <laughs> they, <laughs> Thankfully, the Murphy's gonna give you a literary <laughs> review of your plot summary after she's done reading. <laughs> Thankfully, the Tanuki transformation works exactly like Animorphs, except way shorter. So Tamugawa has finally transformed into Dopo and can't come back. Am I saying that right, Dopo? You're doing fine. <laughs> Maru gets knocked unconscious, and there's a fourth wall breaking scene where he is himself the author of his own manga and decides not to kill himself off. So he wakes up and his friends join in to help him win. The Urara gang vows to defeat the real Dopo, and there's a time skip with a teaser scene where he challenges Maru to a ritual battle. I lied, by the way. Tamakawa reverts back to himself after his defeat. He's fine. My goodness. Totally fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so normally Studio Ghibli has like an agreement where Disney cannot censor their movies. And I think that's the one time they got the okay was like Disney was like, dude, we can't say these fucking Tanuki are using their testicles. <laughs> and they're like, fine. In what? It wasn't a Miyazaki. It was in our Ghibli movie. 
Pompoko is Tucker's less. No, yeah, it's all about Tanukis, and they just were, they got permission not to have to say the word testicle in it. <laughs> it's so crazy how that's just like an extremely common, like, like yeah. an extremely common cultural uh, touchstone in Japan. This like mythical beast, kids love them, and they just make things transform using their <laughs> testicles. Is that actually a trope? Yeah. That is completely culturally accurate how they represent the Tanuki in the series. I can't tell if you're sarcastic or not. We're not being sarcastic at all. I swear to God. Deadass. That is a real thing that they use that they have magical testicles. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Look, I get it. I get it. It's... <laughs> I, I get it. I, Murphy, I'm sorry. I f- didn't know that there were magical testicles in this manga. <laughs> didn't before I feel like my innocence has been stolen. <laughs> yeah, if you need to leave, it's okay. Bye. He's <laughs> like, this is one recording I'm not playing for my kids. All right, but let's get let's get into the characters. <laughs> I'll spare Jordan the literary review of his plot summary. <laughs> the first character. Um, <laughs> Murphy, I want you to be as far away from anything offensive. Why don't you tell her by telling us about the main character? Oh, man, that's great. I love him. (laughs) Our main character is the dumbest of dumb, but he's he's also so very strong because he wants to be a manga protagonist. So he has been fighting to be a manga protagonist. And frankly, I think that the mixture of him being so unreasonably strong and Mm -hmm. surprising everyone, but then whenever he has to open his mouth, he surprises everyone with his stupidity. I thought that that was (laughs) such a fun dynamic. Hey, you yep. should check out this manga called Chainsaw Man. I don't know. Oh, really? Should I? It's literally the main character of Chainsaw Man is this character. Are you serious? That's the thing. There's going to be a lot of positives here that don't seem great to us because we just we read Chainsaw Man and we know what the author's doing, which is he's just like taking things from Chainsaw Man. So did you guys not like him as much? I like him. I think he was fine. He was fun. I always am a sucker for characters that are dumb, but still come up with solutions using their stupidity. Yeah, I think that he was one of the highlights of this series easily. Yeah, I think he is the the living embodiment of, have you seen that meme where it's like a children's toy with shapes and like someone like a toddler forces like a star shape in like a square peg. (laughs) And it's like when you are dumb, but you're also really strong. (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) I didn't feel like he was very interesting for a little while. It changed a bit, but he's like a child when he's not being challenged. He's just kind of boring. There are fights early on where they're like squash fights, like in wrestling, where it's like you set up one guy against a way weaker guy to show everybody that the strong guy is like super strong. Can I look probably too much into this and be annoying? Please. No, go for it. I thought he was so fascinating because he was faced with this other world that he didn't even know existed. And he was bored regularly. (laughs) You keep catching him reading manga, and it's like, the more this looks like a manga, the more that I feel like I'm in a boss battle, the more exciting it is. And to me, I just thought he was so interesting because it was like he's so lost in fiction that reality can't entertain him. And I thought that there was a lot of opportunity for like some really good conversations around that. Mm -hmm. I feel like we get that in real life where we watch these, you know, these war movies or we watch these, these things and we're almost desensitized to stuff that really should still shock us. And I felt like that's exactly what was happening with him. I absolutely love his manga references. Like, it was so fun for reference, actually. Maxi B collected every single manga reference he could find, and there's like over 15 or like 10 or so. (laughs) Oh, really? At the end, in our miscellaneous thoughts, I will go, but he literally gave me a list of every single manga reference. Maxi B works on our show. He is literally a manga historian. No way. Like, he creates historical record notes about manga structure. That's so cool. 
I fucking love the dude. I'm happy to put you in touch. I think you'd have a great conversation. He was a guest on our Zon episode. If you ever want to get to hear him actually be on the show. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but speaking of networking, let's get into the boss. So Jordan, do you want to tell us about the funnest name in Shonen Jump? Urara or Orara, as uh, Tucker has laid out here in the transliteration, mm-hmm. which I appreciate because Orara for some reason is way easier to say than Urara. That's true. Because I see that and I'm just like, was that a mistranslation of Ula La? <laughs> But no, I don't think it was. <laughs> Tucker actually had that in his notes, I think, where he was like, maybe, is it supposed to? And he's like, nah, that, nah, I don't think so. Cause, well, cause <laughs> I, ugh, I feel like I've seen yeah. that name in other places. But yeah, she's um, Yokai. She is actually a Yakuza princess. Her dad was like big boss man of the biggest Yakuza mm-hmm. stuff. And he gave all his money to make the entire uh, Yakuza building better and stuff and just make yeah. the whole thing better. But it turns out that Ayashimon, they're blood is money so he just died yep. <laughs> yeah he was like i'm too expensive to live which the metaphor is not very Same. subtle <laughs> i will get into that later on did you guys think of meowth every time they would reference the money thing oh no i didn't think about that <laughs> really <laughs> no i didn't damn meowth by the way is a direct reference to like another type of japanese cultural thing oh no kidding i didn't know that they didn't just think of a money cat yeah if you ever go to like a chinese store you'll see those cats with the talisman like waving their hand up and down i'm doing it even though throw this is a visual medium i don't know why that i think i have seen that wow it's a hundred a lot of the gen one pokemon are very very explicit references to things in japanese culture and then they got more western or more generic as it became more globalized because you know they didn't know that pokemon was going to become this huge global phenomenon so like we can do deep cuts to japanese lore okay we're talking about pokemon right now this is yeah (laughs) this is a yashimon not pokemon come on I just want to say for anybody listening, I'm a very new weeb. So a lot of this information is really cool to me. That's why I thought the series would be really fun for you to talk about because you're coming into a series with a ton of cultural background that I thought it'd be really fun to explore with you. Yeah, absolutely. Like like all the types of demons that they mentioned there, they're real demons in Japanese folklore. That's awesome. Uh, Some of them I hadn't heard of before, but a lot of them like, yeah, the Tanuki is probably one of the most famous types of yokai. And the yokai is a real term that means these kind of Japanese spirits. Okay. Basically, um, if you ever see an anime and they're calling things demons, then in Japanese, they were probably called yokai. Yeah, I remember Pokemon. Let's talk about Pokemon some more. No, no. All right, we got to go to 10. (laughs) No, because we can. We will talk about Pokemon for three hours. If we can make this a six hour recording, but we're not doing that again. (laughs) After that two and a half hour recording of Mother's Beast, I was like, never again, which was actually on a series by the Critic Chainsaw Man. Yes. Anyway, 10. So he is their underling, simple boy, probably the most wholesome member of the gang. He is a coward, but he really kind of gets his groove later on the series. He has a fun power where he can go through objects, but only under certain circumstances it kind of felt like he had a devil fruit power in a way oh yeah or like a shitty stand ability yes uh murphy are you familiar with jojo's bizarre adventure no oh that's a whole other top we can't get into we can't we can't sorry our entire last episode was about jojo's bizarre adventure we seriously will talk for hours about it like we can't do that right now (laughs) we are happy to give you culture one-on-one if time allows but i again i want to be respectful of your time so uh depending on how much time we have in the miscellaneous font section we will dive into that does that sound good yeah but that's all i have to say about 10 does anyone have anything else they want to add to i would say the third most important character in the series what would you even say about him yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking, too. He's a good boy. What I did like about him is that it's like he flashed back to like his time in, I guess, the old country. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. He was talking to his grandma who was about to disappear. They kind of revealed to us, I think, at that moment that if nobody yeah. believes in them, they disappear, which is a oh, very. Right. Yeah, I've seen that trope a lot. Oh, yeah. 
And she just dies in front of him. Doesn't she like turn into a rock? It's something like yeah, that. That's weird. But yeah, so he goes into the city to make enough money so he can live. And I kind of mm-hmm. liked that. Other than that, there's there's really not much else you could say about it. There's a point where Urara says, oh, he's actually very competent. He just doesn't know it. <laughs> it's like, well, neither do I. <laughs> yeah, which actually, he kind of shows his competency in the fight against Dopo's gang. So, uh, Murphy, do you mind telling well, us? Well, no, it was, uh, it was against Cotton's gang. Uh, you know what? That was a better transition. Murphy, can you tell us about Cotton, the biker king of the series? He is a biker, and he's the uh, Todoroki alliance leader, and Urara's dad was like a father to him. <laughs> I really thought you were just going to say he's a biker. All That's right. my description. So anyway, can we move? He has a cool hairstyle. That's it. It's literally like, that's those are my notes. Of, you just have to include him because he is in a shitload of the series. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Jordan, do you want to tell us about the other crime syndicate leader that really matters? The big bad. All right. So this is Dapo Akari. He's the guy who replaced Urara's dad leading up the Enma syndicate. Yeah. What he does, I actually kind of thought this was cool in a fucked up way where Ayashimon can't die. If you kill them, they come back like 100 years in the future and they're fine. Right. So what he does is instead of killing them, he'll like cut off their head, which will still be alive and then just mount it as a piece of art and just keep it alive. And they apparently feed it cash. Yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes. When Dapo shows up and that section of the manga, like easily better than like every other part of the manga. Probably the most creative idea they had in this entire Absolutely. series. There's this issue a lot of manga have where sometimes when their hero is not being pursued, everything just grinds to a fucking halt. And this series had that issue. So when Dapo shows up, it introduced this like urgency that wasn't there before and like this threat and things just got for a bit better, although it was still kind of dumb because he shows up <laughs> at Uraura's place like a second later. Right. And he's like, yeah, look down there. You, know, you see her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, for the record, Murphy, if you were unfamiliar, the whole One Piece, the fact that One Piece is exceptionally good at doing that is like a once in a generation thing where 99% of manga do not have that sense of the world keeps going regardless of what the protagonists do. Uh-huh. I mean, I, was, I wasn't really so much talking about that as much as it's like, even in One Piece, like, you'll go many chapters where, like, uh, Luffy and Nami are just kind of hanging out, talking about their next plans or something and drawing, like, tattoos or something on their backs or some shit. Like, there's motion. There's something moving all the time in One Piece, except for Whole Cake, which is why Whole Cake is bad. <laughs> all right, all right. But speaking of things that are bad, let's get into why it failed. I kind of want to say, as the baddest person here, Murphy, do you want to tell? No! No, no I'm just kidding. Murphy, though, can you please tell us, as the most professional critic out of us, can you please tell us what are some things that you felt the series would not do a very good job at? I don't know. I'm new to manga. But... <laughs> You're fine. No, that's good. Just give it like a. Exactly. It's a completely valid uh, experience, you know? Hey, if I'm this... talking you up too much, I can I can bring it down and not. Please do. Could you trash talk me so that I can prove my. I want to be the underdog. Give us your fucking normie opinions on this Sweet. series. Yeah, yeah, Murphy, I bet you're not going to have anything smart to say. See, now I'm going to come out looking great in this and y'all are going to look terrible. You already are. Oh, man. <laughs> We're just banging rocks over here on this production. Okay, so I'm at the end of Hunter x Hunter. And hey, cool. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and people keep telling me in the section you're in, it's like you're reading a novel. It's a <laughs> very dense. And I don't know. I feel like this felt kind of dense for a manga. Mm -hmm. yeah. There was a lot of reading, which obviously isn't a problem for me because I primarily <laughs> read books. But, <laughs> but even though I feel like the flow was decent in this, there was a lot of movement going on. There was plenty of action, but it felt bogged down more than it should have just because mm -hmm. there was so much text that I don't necessarily feel like everything had to be explained to the nth degree right up front. You know what yeah. I mean? The reason why it feels that way is because it's not that they're explaining things too up front. It's that they don't explain anything until like the moment before it's relevant. That's a great way of putting that. Yeah. There is no hint of the power system. Like Hunter Hunter seated it in the examination arc. You see Nen, it's just not called that because it doesn't right. matter yet. Yes. They just whole up invented a power system so they could have more interesting fights. Right. I actually really dislike hockey for that same reason in One Piece. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought you were talking about the game hockey. I was like, why do you hate hockey? I don't do sports. Let's just talk about sports for a while now. <laughs> Fun fact, the sports channel is the only channel in our Discord I've muted for the record. <laughs> so I have to go in every like once a week to make sure no one's like posting inappropriate things in it. Man, soccer's the worst, guys. Anyway, so back to the manga. As we talked about in the chibi, this felt like a series where the offer didn't really plan things out. Yeah. Like, it almost feels like he thought he'd have, like, another two months before coming out. And Shonen Jump was like, we need you to make this now. You know, like, he just, he didn't really have a strong idea. He built the world. He kind of had an interesting character. But the, the plot is just so thin. The elements of the world are interesting on paper. But then you don't really see the exciting parts of it. Because he doesn't really want to do anything besides have excuses for his main character to fight monsters. And it's all just very yeah. generic excuses that don't really add up when you try and put them together. Yeah. Hayashimon are so complicated. Why aren't they just demons? Why are they made out of fucking cash? <laughs> What is this? I have mixed feelings on the money thing. Some of the Ayashimon are not made of cash. The Tanuki are not made of cash. How come like the whole thing is like, oh, all of our issues in the other world are solved through ritual fights. And then they're not. Mm -hmm. They don't have any ritual fights after a point. The last fight in the hotel is well, a ritual fight. The last fight. one is, but like, then they kind of break the rules because you have a bunch of people joining in at the end to help him defeat the fake Doppel. Like, they take away the ritual fight and say, oh, you don't need to do the ritual fight. There's a part earlier on where it's like they're having a war or something, and she's like, this isn't a ritual fight. This is war. Right. The thing is that it's like, why did you even tell me about the ritual fights if you're going to tell me that they actually don't matter? This is just unnecessary, complicated shit that you put in here. You never needed the ritual fights. They don't even say like why the ritual fights exist. Is there an actual magical, like is there like a magical contract through it? They just are like, we want to make sure that the series focuses on one-on-one -on -one fights. Mm -hmm. Here's a very arbitrary reason. I actually think the fights in the series, most of the fights were actually not that interesting. Totally agree. I agree. Yeah, it's just him getting his ass beat and then he comes up with one good idea that lets him win the fight. Which is usually water. Yes. It was water multiple times. What the fuck? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Shit, and I didn't realize that. <laughs> this is all right, yeah. right. He has to learn to fight fire. He uses water to put out multiple fire demons. It's like, we only have 25 chapters to work with here. It feels like the same thing. Yeah, we, we've encountered a lot of series where the author was like, I don't have 100 chapters of content mm -hmm. and it's apparent. But uh, Mercy, though, anything's about the series you didn't like that we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, I feel like this is going to sound rude, though. <laughs> I didn't create this manga if you thought I did. 
it just feels like almost like the author kind of viewed the readers almost on the same level as the protagonist, where it was like, yeah, he gets super bored if there's not a fight happening around every corner. Yes. And so it felt like we were manufacturing fights just to like keep the readers interested. But it didn't leave me with anything to make me want to keep reading because there was no it didn't feel like the the world. I thought that the demon's art style, like his designs were really cool. He's a very good artist. He absolutely is. Very good artist. Yeah. This is the problem is he spent so much time in his art. He definitely did not have time to do the other parts. Yeah. The world was so cool in concept, but there was nothing that ever got really any kind of fullness to it. Here's the thing. We talked on the chibi about this guy's composition and how it's not as good as Fujimoto's. And I would like to expand on that. It's a little hard to explain this, but like when you read this guy's artwork, it feels when you read his artwork, when you look at this guy's artwork (laughs) and how people are arranged on the page, it feels very like obvious and utilitarian. Utilitarian. Like, oh, two characters are talking. They're standing in profile view across from each other. The background is right there. It's flat. It just doesn't feel like it has a lot of depth. In Fujimoto's work, mm-hmm. you'll have characters in front of each other. Some will be like smaller because they're in, they have depth in the background. The background isn't just like a flat thing. There's there's a moment where they're in a fucking room that is like in you know the uh, Tanuki guy's testicles, and then just turns into a blank flat wall. That's great. All right, the setting itself is like very rarely given like any uh notice on that note the whole money thing it feels like baby's first metaphor like literally characters like i can't afford my health care anymore so i'm gonna die i'm like wow i've never heard this as an idea in a series before you are so brave saying health care is expensive I honestly thought that it was going to turn into like a video game mechanic type thing and i am so sick of video game mechanics you want this to be scott pilgrim where he gets paid every time he beats up i someone? was annoyed about that i'm fucking sick of video game mechanics showing up in manga and i was glad that they didn't do that by the way jordan do you know what kicks off the plot of chainsaw uh, man video game mechanic no the fact that denji can't afford medical bills that's for his true, father that's 100% true oh my god you <laughs> so and he had an abusive father too the, the father in ayashimon reminds me so much of like the father from chainsaw man yeah because in chainsaw man we don't learn anything about his dad but that's like the point almost like that's a very like he does that very well here we don't learn anything about the dad and it's like all right yeah does anyone have any last things they'd like to say about negatives before we shift into the positives yeah this is a manga that feels like it was done out of a work obligation Yes. The ideas behind it are just very much like, like, here's the thing. It's like, I just see this author going, hmm, how do I make a good manga protagonist? What if I make a series where the protagonist wants to be a good manga protagonist? Because then if he succeeds, he'll be a good manga protagonist. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, though. I'm just like, yeah, I want to be a manga protagonist. This is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then why don't we use that as a segue into going into where it did well? I'll kick things off with the positives. So I think we can all say this series, the actual art itself, very good. This is in the upper echelon. This guy, he would never struggle to find a writer that would write for him if he decides to just do art. Yeah. And I mean, the art in uh, Jigoroku is definitely better, but he also jumped, uh, uh, jumped. He he did jump from... uh, monthly to weekly and yeah you can absolutely tell but like still the art is still pretty damn high quality especially compared Mm -hmm. to a lot of stuff that we've read on this show he went from monthly to weekly during this no so hell's paradise was monthly and then this series was weekly oh okay i don't know the art looks amazing regardless well you should check out jigoroku okay you'll see a difference is my point okay are you familiar by the way with kind of the lifestyle that weekly shonen jump creators have I can't say I'm a pro, but yes. 
So, you know, it's like 16 hour days. Yeah. It's constant crunch. It's not good. It's amazing to me that mangakas are, or manga, manga artists are required to like prove themselves. Like you will get canceled if you don't get X, Y, and Z. But then yeah. if you get it, then like your health will likely suffer because of your workload. Like that's crazy to me, the amount of pressure that's on them. Mm-hmm. So Murphy though, what about you? What are some things that you enjoyed about the series? The art style, I agree, is one of one of the high points. I don't know. I really like the protagonist. And I think that I think that if the world I don't think that there is a learning curve, like I don't have Mm -hmm. that much background knowledge on Japanese culture and on Mm -hmm. myths and all that. And I felt like I was tracking with everything just fine. But like I said before, I just don't feel like it was very deep. So I think that if the world had been expanded on more then like instantly, it would have been so cool just because I think that the world as a baseline was so so good. I was actually going to ask you that. So I'm really glad to know that you didn't feel like there was a learning curve, especially like since the series has so many Shonen Jump historical references. Yeah. So definitely put that in the positive column. And then um, Jordan, how about you? Actually, even though I made fun of it in the plot summary, the fourth wall breaking moment, I actually really liked. Mm -hmm. It was extremely disorienting in a way that was actually I thought was really cool. So what happens is the main character gets uh, the shit beaten out of him because the bad guy used an attack that thankfully he can only use one time and not again. (laughs) And chapter ends. Next chapter, it's a series of uh, panels of people clearly drawing manga and just talking about, hey, so what are you going to put in the next year in the next chapter? Uh, Our editor is coming down a little while ago. You got to have that finished by then. And then they explain like manga drawing techniques and then you realize oh it's the main character he's writing it and he decides he doesn't want to die like i don't know i thought that was cool that was cool he was playing with readers expectations Mm -hmm. speaking of playing with expectations i absolutely love when a character is given like a clear solution to a problem and then they do a different solution that still solves the problem (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) like when he was like i'm gonna make the super fast guy run into the wall to break it and that didn't work so he's like oh fuck it and he just punches through the wall anyway i loved that like, Chainsaw Man has my favorite instance. I won't spoil it for you, Murphy, if you do get to read it. I know. <laughs> I'll just say it, it's just the scene with Beam. Yes! Yes! I think our listeners know what scene I'm thinking of, and that is the peak of the character was too dumb to think of the obvious solution, and he had his own. <laughs> and thank you, Dude Rocks, for counting how many times we're saying Chainsaw Man. We're up to nine right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it just went to ten. <laughs> yeah. I also just want to say one last thing that stood out to me is I also think the series actually had really great physical comedy like that. And to be honest, I really wish I'd seen more of it, but we can go into that in the next section. I agree. There was a moment where like um, I wanted to say Denji, where Maduro is uh, he's got like just a a rock that falls and hits him on the head. And because he's got a telepathic connection with Rara, her head starts to hurt, too. (laughs) But his face was funny when that happened. So, you know, good Mm -hmm. job. Yeah. When this guy is able to stretch his artistic muscles, like we keep bringing about the art because that is the most obvious thing that separates this from like a really bad manga is my point. I mean, like, yeah. like not a really bad manga. This wouldn't like a generic manga, I think, mm-hmm. is more what it is, because um, I really liked um, the part where 10 just makes a ton of motorcycles fall on a dude. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy has great facial expressions. Yes. What about you, Murphy, though? Any other things that stood out to you as positives? No. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, then why don't we get into where it could have gone? Jordan, why don't you tell us, though, what are some things where it could have gone with this series? So, the, obviously, the ultimate place they were going was, um, you know, with uh, the Urara family fighting the 
Dabo mm -hmm. Empire. It just feels like this series is just generic enough where it's tough to come up with like what I'd want to happen next. I feel like Jordan is resisting Evan Urgen's body. I'd be like, just read Chainsaw Man. That's what a fixed version of the series is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not even trying to say that. It's just like what. Like what do I say? Do I? I hope that Maduro becomes stronger. I hope that like Urara becomes like I don't know. I, I just feel like what I would like to see this series do is slow down. Yeah. And focus on things. There are so many things where they introduce an interesting concept and then the next panel we're doing something totally different. Right. Like the moment with um, Akari where he is freaking out, uh, you know, uh, Urara's a butler or whatever. The next page, he's just there. <laughs> yeah. Already there talking to Urara. Or when they're looking for the biker gang, the next page, as soon as they say they got to find them, there they are. And that was really insane to me because how did you just know that they were on this road? Right. They just found them. I would like to see that. Maybe build up the biker gang. Tell me a little bit more about them before you just throw them in my face. The series would have been great if it was about anyone except for the main characters. Yes, he would be an excellent supporting character. I really yeah. think. And they try and do that a bit, like with Urara being a main character. But I don't think it's enough. No. What do you think, Murphy? Is there anything you think would have made you really excited to have read the series that they could have changed about it? In the really early stages, Urara says that she notes how powerful he is and how much potential she has. Mm -hmm. And then she says, it doesn't matter. I'll just kill him if he gets in my way or if he yeah. proves to be an issue. I really would have loved to lean into that more. You should read Chainsaw Man. <laughs> God. I would love to get a nice, like, building up a good, a good friendship, making him really loyal to her, even playing to his stupidity of, like... <laughs> He trusts her so well, and then she backstabs him, and there's a betrayal. You're just describing the whole plot of Chainsaw. <laughs> no, Jordan, that's, don't fucking say that. Jordan, you can't be like, Chainsaw's great. I love when one of the main characters betrays the other one. <laughs> it's okay. God damn it, Jordan. That's why I was resisting <laughs> saying okay. that. Listen, I'm not really sensitive to spoilers. Just don't tell okay. me who dies. I will just say you literally right now, if we didn't own a vacuum, we fought you were describing the plot to Chainsaw Man when you <laughs> yeah, just said that. Yes, yes, exactly. Which is kind of this thing's biggest issue. It's not yeah. even specifically Chainsaw Man. The series never goes far enough. It never leans into anything. It's very scared. I think if this series had literally been so full of shit and jump references that Murphy was like, I don't understand this series. I kind of think that would have been a good thing because then it would have been unique and interesting to be like, this is the love letter to all of no. Shonen. And it drops that idea after like two chapters anyway. No, being known for being a pop culture fiction is never a good thing. Yeah. But this series has nothing on it. So it's already candy. It might as well be a better tasting form of junk. I wonder if you like it. It's going to be really hard to tell for this last section. Oh, I know, right? But Murphy, consider the fact. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, one of the biggest anime in the entire world. 90% of the characters are named after bands from the 80s that you don't listen to anymore. Oh, no, that's going to be terrible for me. Well, it's not the 80s. Well, and the bad guy's name is just Vanilla Ice. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's his name. <laughs> it was the 80s when he was writing series in the 80s. <laughs> Back to the topic. I actually feel like also the special investigators, I think, was the coolest idea he dropped. Did not mean a single thing. That would have been the perspective. Did not mean a <laughs> single thing. That could have been the perspective. The fucking anti-yokai Yakuza police force. They could have been there the antagonists, David. They could have been like anything. That was the most blatantly dropped idea I've ever seen in a manga. Oh my read. god. <laughs> Did not matter except for that one chapter despite them being obviously insanely important. And they had really cool powers that they didn't even define. I kind of wish they weren't there though because the problem yeah. is at this point in the manga what you're trying to do is explain to me why I should feel threatened by Ayashimon so that it can be really cool 
when yeah. Madara defeats them, even though he's a human. But the problem is, before you have even fully established this, you have shown me Madara beat the shit out of a bunch of Ayashimon with absolutely no problem. And then you introduced another team, like another faction, entering into the demon Yakuza, who are just obviously 10 times stronger than the demon Yakuza. Yeah. And so it's just all the monsters. George is so mad. I'm so mad. All the monsters yeah. you're dealing with. <laughs> I'm not very threatened by them. I just don't give a shit. Like, oh, he's got to fight some. You're... Well, the main character's not threatened either. Exactly. <laughs> he, he literally can only lose one fight in the entire series, as he says. This series does not understand One Punch Man at all. No. We should title this podcast, Jordan was personally harmed by this manga. <laughs> really not the first time. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. That's my job here. Ask Zach about the series we read with him, and you'll understand <laughs> Speaking of manga, though, I have one pitch that would kind of be like the root of this idea, but different. Let me know what you think. What if this series was about a manga creator who was in like a like creative rut? And so he gets into the world of all of the shit. And that's his inspiration is fighting monsters and creating manga out of his experiences of that. Oh, that's fun. I would be so much more into that. That sounds interesting. And it's not. Yeah. But hear this, though. Late on us. What if we added video game mechanics to it? <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus the Yokai. Yes. Just throw oh, that out yes. there. If we want to make Jordan happy. Yeah, and it could all take place in the same exact generic Final Fantasy one setting, like every single one of those isekais do. Call Viz. It's time. Yes. <laughs> we fixed it. Go get God's will back. We had a Viz employee on the show before. It's just Jordan, go hit him yeah. up. Great guy, though. I found out he was actually in my fraternity in college. So that was kind of a small Whoa. moment. Yeah, I was like, shit, dude, because I found him on LinkedIn for some reason. Oh, you were in that, too. But anyway, sorry, I digress. All right. So speaking though of miscellaneous thoughts, does everyone feel good to migrate to that? Yep. Yes. Okay, so speaking of miscellaneous thoughts, why don't we shift into it, that section properly, where I'm very excited to see, Jordan, what kind of stray ideas you've had. Jordan, please lay on us. What are some miscellaneous thoughts you've had that you couldn't fit into the other sections of the recording? So they mention that the Yakuza and the Ayashiman Yakuza specifically run all of the sex work and casinos in yeah. the town. And they show this by showing a guy leave <laughs> from a sex worker and she's like, bye, come again. And then she deforms and then slides back into the balls of a tanuki. Yes. So what? I'm wondering... Yes. What? That was his testicles. It was a testicle prostitute. Yeah. There's so many things I could have just not known about. Yeah. And so I'm watching this and I'm like, did he just have sex with this Tanuki's nutsack? Like, what the fuck no. just happened? What were the mechanics of that? I <laughs> did not notice that that was where she went after that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Straight into the incinerator where he's sending her copies of this vault. <laughs> <laughs> Which is on her phone. So she just throws her phone in the <laughs> She's like, wait, shit, I needed that. <laughs> no! I will say, I think this is the first Shonen Jump manga I've read that actually literally shows prostitutes, which was very interesting. Really? Because this is for 13-year-olds. Like, there's expectation a 13-year-old be reading this series, Murphy. Like, they show sex trafficking very briefly, very, like, lightly in Hunter x Hunter. Oh, that's true. Uh, what was that one? Oh, yeah, Stelsiphony had the whole thing about human trafficking in the oh, middle fuck. of fuck. Fucking... All right, you're right, you're <laughs> right. God, that series is fucking, oh, my God. So even in that way, this series isn't unique. Nah, no? fuck you, kill. I was trying to find a positive where this is chick. You know what? No, because here's the thing. Uh, I have never seen a sex worker turn into testicles before. So actually, this series is very unique. Congratulations. First sex worker testicle scene in Shonen Jump history. They've done it. Wow, that's a title for you. Started the conversation. <laughs> 
Is it too late to change the cover? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And then uh, let me I'm going to try and really quickly run down Maxi B's list of references. All right. Here are the series that are referenced in this. Kaninkuman, Ultraman, Dragon Ball, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Fisted North Star, Hari Luya, which apparently released after this manga came out. (laughs) Maxi B said, what a goof. Uh, Kege no Kaitro, Baku shoot. Bakuhatsu. Yeah. Burning Onisan, Mon Mon Mon, Gutsy Frog, and Ashina no Joe are the references that he was able to catch. Yeah. Oh, Maxi B actually has a Twitter thread where he breaks it down. I will post a link to that in the show notes. He also said in chapter 19, the main character is reading the volume of Shonen Jump where Chainsaw Man premiered. That's awesome. Yes. Speaking of which, by the way, there was one thing that really confused me. It seemed like. I must have missed something here, but it seemed like they were saying, oh, yeah, your dad died two years ago. And then there's another chapter where it says her dad died in 1991. Yeah, I saw that. 1990. I was very confused. Well, we don't know. Also know how yokai birth works. Oh, okay. Because she could have born after he died or whatever. I thought you said we don't know how yokai murph works. And I'm like, (laughs) you're going to continue this. I thought we said we would stop. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Real quick. Check out Maxi B's note underneath the one you just read. The first fully visible jump we issue we see is in chapter three, and that came out in early May 1992. So, yes, oh. this series takes place in 1992, which is why there aren't any smartphones in the entire series. But he's reading the chapter where Chainsaw, he's reading the volume of Chainsaw Man <laughs> premiered, which premiered in 2018. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck? I, Jordan, I think this is just some timey-wimey bullshit. <laughs> he implies that like it's taking place in 1992 when he said that your dad died two years ago and then like... I think it's just an inattention to detail man crazy that this year when you're working under this kind of dress you don't have attention to detail yeah. I think he was just like fuck it I'm just gonna break continuity just to make this sweet chainsaw man reference yeah. and I get it I, I respect that chainsaw man literally is a senpai yes god could you imagine if Fujimoto was your senpai god yeah I wish that were me Fujimoto, by the way, on Twitter, his Twitter says he is an eight-year-old girl. <laughs> Why? Because he's just weird like that. There's a video of him trying to fly or levitate. <laughs> he does that thing you've seen where uh, people do where it's like, look, I'm floating. And then they just like lean on one of their feet while the other one is like kind of floating two inches off the ground. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And his author comments. Oh, God, yeah, there we, are a okay, lot of gems. Can't but get we, into it. We have to go. We have to okay, go. So Murphy, though, please. What about you? If the series did go on, it would be cool to see her dad come back and see, like, what his commentary would be about the afterlife or whatever it is that they experience while they're waiting to regenerate. Yeah. Or, like, is he going to come back in a new form and then still try to continue on with the same agenda? Or, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see that. I really like that. They kind of imply that, too, because when they talk about how he died, the way they're saying it is they were like, and then he just kind of died. Right. When I read that, I'm like, oh, he's not dead. Right, right, exactly. I kept waiting yeah. for something. <laughs> I, like, I completely agree. I think he wasn't dead in reality. I think he was going to come back. Mm-hmm. He's probably the, the big bad guy behind the bad guy. No one ever really dies. In manga, yeah. I mean, literally not in this series. That's like <laughs> part of the... Imagine if it was like the Rise of Sky, where it's like somehow your father has returned. The what? And it's Emperor Palpatine. I was talking about that scene where it's like somehow Palpatine has returned from the Rise of Skywalker. Is this a Star Wars thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Do you know what? No, I don't know anything about Star Wars. David, she reads books. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're right. I forgot. Murphy is cool and she doesn't have, she has better things to do with her life. I don't think being a book nerd makes me cool, but all right. It makes you cool <laughs> to me. I'm just saying. Oh, thanks. Jordan doesn't even know how to read, so. No, nah, I don't. 
I've literally been sticking googly eyes to books and laptops and phones while we've been talking. So I don't think I'm cool. <laughs> I actually, in my apartment, we have a picnic bag named Herbert that I attach, attach googlies on eyes to. <gasps> That's amazing. So I'll post a picture of Herbert in the chat after this. Please do. I love that. I will definitely do that. I am all about the googly eyes machine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so my final miscellaneous thought and something I've been back and forth on is the whole psychic connection where he's able to get advice from her while he's fighting. I kind of feel like it is both, it takes away from his agency, but is something unique, which the series needed. So ultimately, I want to know out of you two, do you think it was a positive or a negative that they had this kind of plot element? It was positive to me because it added opportunity. He's a pair of fists. It added something to him. I agree. It also gave her more of a chance to be an active participant Mm -hmm. in the events that were happening. Without draining her energy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm super happy with how it was pulled off, but I think there were moments where it worked and I don't have an issue with the concept. Okay. What about you, though? You need to give opinions. He was all wishy-washy. He said, I don't know. I think ultimately David's a centrist are sitting on the fence. I'm going to say it's a negative because it means it really takes away from him also to find stupid solutions in his own way. And the fights needed a form of diversity. And now it's just him, her telling him how to fight optimally rather than him being creative in his own way in the fights. That yeah. is true. Uh, when she's talking to him, she's just like, hey, here's how you beat him. Yeah. And then he just does it instead of him being like, how can a dumb person think of a solution to a problem that a smarter person could clearly see? Right. But though, speaking of my ultimate thoughts on the topic, why don't we move it to the final verdict? I'm going to start things off with our six word summaries. We got quite a few, so I'm excited to read them off. From Tucker, One Punch Otaku joins the Crips. Maxi B, look at all these old jumps. Agpa, the power of money in manga. Chemi Chems, made by Twitter and Grind Twitter collab. Okay, now hold on a second. Grind Twitter, is that Grindcore Twitter? What is Grind? No, it's the Grind set. The Sigma Grind set, my guy. I have no idea what that is. If you, yes, yeah, I don't have time to explain what oh, the Sigma Grind is. Oh, it's just like set. an alpha beta male thing. Oh, okay, whatever, fucking whatever. Sigma male, all right. We're all trying to be John Wick. Yeah, sure. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Laughing Fool. Why is everyone a Saitama lately? Uh, they also said Doron is still going strong. So for reference, Murphy, we had kind of a Bugs Life Ant situation where Shonen Jump literally had two manga that kind of had the exact same plot air at the same time. And that one is probably even more bland than this, but somehow is the one that survived out of the two. Huh. Uh, Dororon, yeah. But yeah, from Daniel, a smashing theory. They took Kappa Lady from me. <laughs> Scott, only mobsters could punch fire. Millionaire detective. Saitama Otaku joins the demon Yakuza. T. Wolfwood. Oh, they should have called it Ayashi Mob. <laughs> T. Wolfwood, for an action manga, it's boring. Yeah. Andy's <laughs> Islands, always cite your Shonen Jump sources. Shrimp Lord, not popular because not gag character. Dude Rocks, had to. Need to have demon Yakuza karaoke. And great start, good end, bad middle. Well said. And the Duke of Dumbass, at least the art is decent is that's true i love tucker's where he was one punch otaku joins the crypts that's good tucker is a fucking pro at these six word summaries but speaking of six word summaries murphy what is your six word summary wannabe protagonist turned idiot badass i like it yeah that's good yeah how about you jordan sometimes going meta is a crutch my other six word summary was better tokyo shinobi squad minus racism gosh i like it yeah tokyo shinobi squad is like an alt-right manga that somehow got published in shonen jump oh wow it's very, yeah, it's not great. See, and Mr. T are in it, though. The genericness of that manga does remind me of Ayashimon, but Ayashimon is obviously, first of all, significantly better and not racist. So, Except for the whole blackface thing, apparently. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Except for that, that one, no, that'll get you canceled. And um, my six-word summary was everyone fucks around and finds out. <laughs> 
I had a good one, I think, in our chibi where I said this is the most manga of all time, but I'd already said that in a prior episode. Oh, yeah. Putting the man in manga was my other six word summary. Nice. Oh, is that the better one of my, the ones <laughs> yes, I listed? It is. It is. Good. That's good to know. <laughs> all right. So my one and only six word summary is <laughs> no. Um, all right. So ultimately, final question. Murphy, take us. Is this a flop or not? Yeah. 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 All right. We're in agreement. Murphy, what should someone check out instead of reading this? Apparently Chainsaw Man. Oh, oh you heard it. You heard it from her. Yes. You, that was the correct answer. Thank you. Smurfy, has this made you want to more or less read Chainsaw Man now based on this conversation? Oh, definitely more. Oh, we did it. Yes, we did it. I'm going to cite you guys whenever I do read Chainsaw Man. I'm going to be like, thank you, Shonen Flop, for introducing me to this series. But also, <laughs> Jordan, way to spoil everything. I just yeah. spoiled everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll be great for our SEO if you get mentioned on your channel. Much appreciated. <laughs> How about you, Jordan? What should someone check out? This is a flop. And I thought about this. And if you really want a series that is incredibly meta in a way that really interrogates its own uh, medium, check out Cabin in the Woods. I love it. For me, so the creator of Ayashimon actually kind of has like, I would say for like a word term, like a twin who created their own manga that was very Chainsaw Man inspired called Dawn to Dawn. So I would say that series is kind of like, imagine if Adult Swim made a manga. It's about yokai fighting aliens for like world control. And like this, it's just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just a very strange series, but it's very fun. Ghosts versus aliens, basically. Yeah. And the character gets possessed and they call in a heavy metal exorcist and they have a metal concert to exorcist the ghost <laughs> it's this kind of crazy eccentric energy but has a lot more fun and creativity that i really wish i had seen in this series sweet also um i would just like to say chainsaw man chainsaw man chainsaw man <laughs> chainsaw man chainsaw man okay, okay. now we're up to 30 god oh, i was gonna do that joke damn it <laughs> all right also though murphy since i know you haven't read a ton of manga if you don't mind i wanted to give you two personal recommendations that i didn't see in your anyone has recommended to you so far is that Chainsaw Man and Chainsaw Man? Oh, no. It's actually Chainsaw <laughs> Woman. It. It's oh, not okay. even number anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. My unironic recommendations, if I may, is Dungeon Meshi, a.k.a. Delicious in the Dungeon. Okay. It's about a group of fantasy adventurers going through a dungeon and they can't afford supplies so they actually eat the monsters they hunt. And it's from like a cooking perspective so they literally make like fake recipes. Oh, that's fun. For you're like, oh, if you have your own basilisk at home, here's how you can. And it's just a really cute series. And then the R one is Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, which David loves. And it, it's really good. I don't blame him for loving it. The anime adaption is bad, but it has probably the best opening of any manga I've ever read. And if you want a series that is 100% on the strength of the quality of its writing, that is a series that's probably my top recommendation. Sweet. I think you'll know immediately if you like it or not, too. Mm -hmm. And then Jordan, I would say this is not either the best or worst series. This seems like I'm going to guess this is pretty C tier. Yeah, it is absolutely better than a lot of the series that we read. I mean, I explicitly said it was better than Tokyo Shinobi Squad. So, yes, exactly. Kind of mediocre. Yeah. Murph Murphy, how does this rate in the spectrum of manga you've read? I haven't read very many, but I wouldn't continue it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't hate it or anything, but there's just too many really exciting sounding manga out there to keep going. Oh, Absolutely. That's the thing. Sometimes something isn't bad. It's just not as good as the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. It had a really strong start, though. The first chapter <gasps> was so good. Yes. And that happens sometimes. But though, you know what? I feel like we've talked enough about Ayashimon. There's something I'd much rather hear instead as we go to our shout outs. Would it be our lovely fans, David? Sure. 
So Murphy, I really want to start by saying thank you so much. I've been so excited to have you on the show. I think this was months in the making. Absolute pleasure. You definitely lived up to the hype. Oh, that's so nice. You were a blast. This was really fun. Can you please tell the audience everything that's going on in your world and where they can find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel, Murphy Napier, and that's where you can, that's the only place because I don't use social media. Smart, actually. I was like looking for your Twitter and Instagram and Instagram is just like hiking pictures. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? You use social media the way that like you're supposed to? What the hell? I have learned that I hate the internet, so. Me too. Stick to my bubble and, and it makes me happy. Exactly. This Discord is the only time I use the internet in my life. This is the level of intellect that reading books gives you, David. (laughs) Yep. It gives you common sense, like the internet is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody knows that. It's just hard to stay away. (laughs) Exactly. But you know, something I can't stay away from is Jordan. So I want to say thank you so much for making the opening ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with the editing. Oh, you're so welcome, David. And thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And you did a great job editing the chibi. I also want to say thanks to Merle Lyle for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thank you, Dylan, for assistance with editing. You can find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at AnimeOutOfContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and all their miscellaneous research. Thanks to T Root, Ozzy Rat, and T Wolfwood for being our awesome transcription volunteers. You can find them on our site as they become available. Jordan, is there anything you want to add? Well, I already thanked you for editing, David, but um, I think it's really funny that when I go out of order it just totally screws you up well i wanted to also see if you wanted to plug anything else so that's why i want to give you a chance that's true uh hey everybody listen to my secret second podcast mission ignition yeah it's about vampires vampires v-a-n <laughs> as in nancy e-i-r-e-s yeah Along with that podcast, so you can find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord. We had like 15 people listening to this recording right now. Murphy, yeah. thank you so much for bringing some of your community in to join us. It's been a ton of fun, a lot of fresh faces. It's a ton of people for us. Wow. <laughs> And if you've been enjoying this podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We wouldn't be able to keep running the show without their support. You also get a ton of awesome perks like exclusive content, including us catching up on PPP. We read the first three volumes. You'll find out, did I like it more than the first chapter? Seeing how well Teen Titans holds up and first impressions on new jump series like Akane Bashi. You could even be joining us during the recording warnups or listening to the recording itself and deciding what series we cover next. Find us at patreon.com slash shonen flop. And on that note, I want to first of all give a shout out to our Beast Children and Galactic Ball Federation officers and a shout out to some of our patrons. First of all, I want to start with our Chainsaw Man patrons. Pterodactyl goes to and Rem is so thick. His ass claps when he walks <laughs> in the world echoes with applause. That is really their patron name. Wow. Moving on down to the Dolphin Tad. We have tracking roving animals for all loving girls and raccoons. Wolfwood. Going down to the King of the Forest, we have Albie, Cram, Gabe Lando, Jacob, Andrew, Galloway, Josh Robinson, Marty, Rachel, my lovely girlfriend. She said she's giving up banana pudding. So Murphy, my girlfriend oh, keeps eating banana pudding so and getting tummy aches. So she is giving up banana pudding for the rest of july very proud of her sounds like a bad choice <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't support that at all murphy's like no eat your you pudding must. enjoy your life enjoy your stomach pain i'll send you that clip <laughs> <laughs> scarlet mirrodin t the real jory the bb king bb the and we have our latest upgraded patron trevor trevor the fucking man my co-worker he gave me a ride home from our hiking in new jersey love you trevor you're the best Woo, trevor 
And um, yeah, and then also finally, I just want to give a big shout out to Aussie Rat and Trevor for helping spread the word of mouth about our show. We really couldn't do it without the word of mouth. So if you're listening and you've got a friend you think might enjoy listening to the show, it really means a ton. And I'm more than happy to give you likewise a big thank you on the show. If you can just tell one person about it, just send me a ping on Discord or send us an email at shonenflop at gmail.com saying, hey, I told a friend and I got them listening. The least I can do because it's how we keep the show running along with support from our patrons. Thank you so much, Aussie Rat and Trevor. And then all that's left now, though, is to go to sign off. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on the least surprising manga cancellation of the year. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Murphy. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah. Yeah. Bye.